Gilead Science reports a blockbuster quarter, yet shares fall. Here are three things you ought to know on this healthcare edition of Industry Focus. Hello fellow Motley Fools, this is healthcare contributor Todd Campbell. And despite us having some technical difficulties at Fool HQ today, I wanted to take a couple minutes and discuss Gilead Science's recently announced fourth quarter and full year earnings results. In particular, I want to discuss three issues or three items that investors may want to consider prior to deciding whether or not to buy or sell Gilead Sciences shares. However, before I discuss those three points, I want to discuss the elephant in the room, which is why is it that Gilead Sciences shares are tumbling despite the company reporting 137% year-over-year sales growth in the fourth quarter. And I think the reason for that tumble stems from two the fact that there are two separate types of investors. There are short-term investors who tend to jump in and out of stocks looking for whatever's hot today. And then there are long-term investors who, like most of us at The Motley Fool, uh, like to consider disruptive companies and the impact that they can make over a matter of years, not over a matter of days. In Gilead Science's fourth quarterings report, they issued guidance for 2015. And that guidance uh, calls for sales to run at about 26 billion to 27 billion in 2015. At the low end, that would be 4.5% growth over the lofty levels registered in 2014. And frankly, I don't think that's enough to keep those short term um, investors uh, happy. So it's probably not surprising to see shares uh, selling off a little bit as those. Um, short-term investors step aside and look for higher growth opportunities uh, elsewhere. But for long-term investors, people who are looking for those uh, disruptive companies that can continue to grow sales and profits for years, not for days, there are three points that I want to make, three things, if you will, to consider beyond um, what you're reading in the headlines. Those three points uh, involve the HIV drug franchise, operating margins, and surprise, Savaldi still matters. First off, let's talk about the HIV franchise. In the past year, most of the attention on Gilead Sciences has focused not on the HIV drugs, but on the hepatitis C drugs. Savaldi, which was approved in December 2013, and Hervoni, which was approved for use in genotype 1 patients in October. Sure, in the past year, those two drugs have combined to generate $10 billion uh, plus in sales. But the HIV franchise also generates um, $10 billion in sales per year. And that business is growing by double digits. In the fourth quarter, sales of HIV drugs were up 15.5% to $2.8 billion. And for the full year, sales rose 13.2% to $10.1 billion. Now, Savaldi did $10 billion in sales. Hervoni in its first quarter did $2 billion in sales. Either way, no matter how you look at it, HIV is still going to account for um, roughly half of, of Gilead Sciences revenue in 2015. So investors should rely solely on um, the opportunity for growth in hepatitis C. They should also be considering uh, what the potential is in the HIV drugs. From my perspective, the HIV franchise has plenty of years worth of running room left to go. And one of the reasons that I believe that is because historically, 
adherence rates to HIV medicine were less than they should have been, less than ideal. And that's because there was a difficulty in getting access to insurance. The high cost of drugs just simply made it so that many HIV patients would have to go off and go on and go off and go on uh, their medication. Now, with Medicaid expansion in many states and health care exchanges, um, those patients are having um, a much easier time staying on their medica medication. And that's going to mean that script volume for HIV drugs is likely to trend higher, not lower. The other tailwind that's likely to support HIV franchise over the coming years is the fact that HIV patients, uh, because of these advancements, are living much longer. And since HIV drugs have to be taken continuously, um, that means that there's going to be ongoing demand uh, for Gilead Sciences drugs uh, for years to come. The second point I want to make today is that operating margin at Gilead Sciences is not only strong, but it's growing. In 2013, the operating margin uh, was about 45%. And in 2014, the operating margin is about 67%. Now, there are a number of reasons that operating margin has climbed, but the biggest reason is the fact that volume has grown to such a level that it's being leveraged against fixed costs, and that's making the company overall more profitable. If the company didn't think that those operating margins were going to remain at similar levels, they probably wouldn't have gone out and issued a 43%, 43 cent uh, cash quarterly dividend for investors. Um, frankly, the company has become so profitable, it's kicking out so much cash that there's a tremendous amount of financial flexibility to not only support the dividend payout, but also to continue to invest in next generation therapies in the research pipeline. So, you know, when investors ask, hey, what should I be focusing on as far as the financials? Uh, when it comes to Gilead and mature companies about the size of Gilead, I like to look at that operating margin. And in this case, uh, that makes me want to be long. Uh, and in fact, I am long. The third uh, point that I wanted to make for um, investors is that um, Savaldi, the drug that was launched into December 2013, um, isn't going anywhere soon. That drug is likely to remain a major contributor to sales in 2015, um, and that's because Savaldi is a pan-genotype drug. Um, it's not used just to treat genotype 1, which is what Harvoni and uh, AbbVie's competing drug of Vicaripac are approved to treat. Uh, it's used to treat uh, genotypes 2 and 3 and 5 and 6. So there's still a tremendous amount of demand for Savaldi. Um, to put that demand in perspective, last quarter Savaldi's sales were about $1.7 Now, the company says that about 30% of those sales uh, came from genotype 1. Those genotype 1 sales probably going to disappear this year now that Vicaripac is available. Uh, but even if you lop off the 30% off the $1.7 billion, you still end up with a drug that's doing about $1.2 in quarterly sales. Uh, 1.2 um, times 4 gets you 4.8. Um, Harvoni did $2 billion in sales in its first quarter on the market. Uh, it's another $8 billion. So you're talking about uh, 2015 run rate uh, for sales for hepatitis C of about $12, $12.5 billion. Throw on top of that the fact that you've got this HIV drug franchise uh, generating out another $10 billion in, share, in, in revenue. Um, you've got operating margins that are accelerating and are you know, very high, respectable. Um, and, and you've got a recipe that um, may mean, may suggest that Gilead Sciences shares, uh, at least for long-term investors, 
are offering a, an attractive uh, entry, especially given the fact that you know valuation has gotten um, even cheaper over the course of the last couple days. Um, looking at it earlier this morning, uh, on a 2015 basis, um, the shares were trading at about nine times uh, estimated earnings. So those three things are things that I would be considering um, when it comes to evaluating whether or not I'd want to be long Gilead Sciences following its fourth quarter earnings and would want to own it in 2015. Um, I hope you found that helpful. You know, Motley, as a Motley Fool, we always want to provide a little bit deeper dive, a little bit deeper, broader understanding of the situations that are affecting uh, companies that we feel to be um, um, offer a lot of uh, interest to investors. Uh, obviously, if you have any additional questions, feel free to reach out and let us know. Uh, until then, uh, fool on. <laughs>